everyone, and welcome to another edition of the V Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Our conversation today will focus on a new ebook that V Auto's merchandising team has published called 2023 Consumer Merchandising Insights. The ebooks, the product of independent research that V Auto commissioned to understand the current purchasing patterns and preferences of in-market shoppers, as well as their preferences for how they'd like to see dealers merchandise their new and used vehicles. The study went to more than 500 in-market shoppers. And my guest today is Nathan Fox, Associate Vice President of Operations for V Auto's merchandising software team. Nathan's been deeply involved with the study and he's here today to talk with us about it. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Lance. Good to see you again today. Indeed. Indeed. Well, let's jump right in and let's maybe look at purchasing preferences first, Nathan. What's the big takeaway from the study here in terms of who consumers are looking to buy their next vehicle from? Well, it's not surprisingly, consumers turn to franchise dealers first and foremost when they're thinking about purchasing a new vehicle. It's where they go first for consideration. But what we found in the study is some of the market trends that are uh, emerging in our industry are shaping how and what uh, consumers shop for. And we found that almost a third or 31% of consumers now consider online focused retailers as well when they're thinking about purchasing a vehicle. And with the rise in availability of electric vehicles, almost 42% of consumers said they're going to consider an electric vehicle when they begin shopping. So clearly, Lance, as we've talked a lot about, our industry is in the middle of some fundamental shifts. And that's changing how consumers both uh, shop and what they shop for. And and when you say online-focused dealers, Nathan, are we talking about, say, the Carvanas and the Vrooms of the world primarily there? I think in a lot of ways, Lance, yes, but also there are a number of other large, uh, more traditional dealers that have uh, built their own e-commerce types of sites that are very online first or online focused. And so I think it's a growing channel if you look uh, comprehensively across our industry. Okay. Well, if if there are that large number of shoppers, you know, considering these online focused dealers, what did the research say about how dealers should merchandise vehicles for those folks who may not want to even go in the showroom? Well, you know, Lance, as we think about merchandising and we think about buying products potentially in a more online or at least making decisions um, in an online forum, I think we've all become more comfortable with the the notion of purchasing products um, in an e-commerce channel. And the experiences we have outside the automotive industry, I think, shape the expectations that consumers have today, really elevating what they uh, are anticipating is going to be provided when they begin shopping for a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of exactly what we found in this research study was that shoppers still look for high quality photos like they always have, but they're seeking much more information these days. They want that information that gives them the confidence in both the vehicle and the dealership so they can make an informed decision. And while photos are still important, they're not the end-all be-all anymore, but they actually provide this kind of perfect canvas, if if you will, uh, for how to help dealers in telling a story about that vehicle, helping them to elevate what they share with the consumer during that purchase process. And so case in point, Lance, in the research, 
we found that eight in 10 consumers told us they actually prefer images that have other information overlaid onto them. Hmm. A sure sign that consumers are looking for more about that vehicle than just a picture. And so when we ask them what type of information is valuable, it's a range of things from pricing and financing, financing details to information about the warranty to vehicle features that are particularly important on that vehicle. Most of the time when we ask more about the types of features they're seeking to, to find in the merchandising, it comes down to two things. You know, one is, is it something that's hard to visualize in the image? Is a photo not really worth uh, a thousand words in this case because you can't figure out that it has four wheel drive or that it has a backup camera? And then the second component of those features to highlight, you know, really centers on um, things that are high MSRP that justify the value of that vehicle. But, you know, interestingly enough, Lance, not only did we find in this research insights into what the dealers should put on their merchandising, but we found some nuggets that I think can help dealers with how do they better merchandise their vehicles. And so two recommendations I'd have would be first, focus on the, uh, the first 10 to 20 photos. And the reason I say that is the majority or almost 80% of shoppers say they tend to look at 10 to 20 photos per car. And so if that's where the shopper's engaged, that's a great place to really put your emphasis on bolstering your content, bringing more information to the consumer that they're searching for. And the mean, I, if, I, if I may, Nathan, sorry for interrupting you there. So is that, that's the, what we're saying there is they, they look at there, is that a linear sort of experience? So it's what you put first is kind of what they see first, or are they more bouncing around to get to that 10 to 20 sort of photo view limit? Well, I think the reality is, Lance, that um, the uh, the way photos show up today, it is a somewhat linear uh, progression, yeah. right? Uh, so whether they're clicking the next button on a VDP page or whether the uh, images are scrollable, you kind of have to scroll through them, right? And so um, to some degree, it really does uh, fall to being in the first you know, set of 10 to 20 photos in the uh, image library for that vehicle. Okay, okay. And your second point was, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no worries, Lance. So, you know, the, the second thing I think we found was um, when you think about the information you place on those photos is to really prioritize the right information. And what do I mean by that? Well, um, when we asked consumers what information to put on the photo, what we found really interesting was the information that gets overlaid doesn't necessarily have to match the photo. So if you have an exterior image and you tag something about an interior piece of technology, that's okay with the consumer. They're just looking for the valuable information, the information that helps them understand that vehicle to be easy to discover. And so sometimes when I speak with dealers, they feel like they have to really raise the bar to perfection. But I think what this would signal is we just have a lot of opportunity to really help consumers shop more effectively. And then Lance, one more thing I'd love to point to from, uh, from merchandising from this, uh, this study is, is around 360 degree spins. And while photos still are um, really at the forefront, um, 360 degree spins are gaining more and more traction with consumers. And uh, the majority of consumers, 54%, so they actually expect and anticipate having a 360 degree spin on a vehicle. It's interesting, it almost edges out photos just by a slight bit as far as what they prefer if they have to choose one over the other. You know, that's interesting to me, Nathan, because I've always, uh, I guess, been of a mind, is particularly in the last couple of years, that uh, photos almost, it seemed to me like they took a back seat to the need to use video. So the point about 360 sort of it surprises me a little bit. Uh, what, what's behind that? 
I think if you boil down the difference between a 360 degree spin and other types of media is the notion of transparency, Lance. Mm. And I don't think photos and video create the same feeling of transparency for a consumer as a 360 degree spin. Uh, in fact, one of the respondents in the uh, the survey um, gave us um, some feedback and said, you know, a full 360 is what allows you to trust you're getting to see all of the vehicle without worrying about what angles, shadows, and lighting are hiding from you. I thought that was a really um, compelling sort of answer to the question, uh, but really signals that they're seeking something that says, I'm not going to be surprised. And um, this is consistent with other feedback we got within this survey uh, that we put out to consumers where they also highlighted a lot, of, a lot of other types of information that they place a premium on, largely because it's things that ensures they don't have a surprise throughout the process. So whether that's vehicle history or certifications or reconditioned information, it's all things that reinforce to them that what they see is what they're going to get at the end of the day. Interesting. And is um, are, are some of these findings universal in, in both new and used? I would imagine some of the... Uh, Points of points of content that might help to ease worry about reliability might be more profound on used than new, but I guess I'm wondering these broad stroke sort of takeaways about the importance of the photos, the 360s, that applies new and use. Is that a fair takeaway here? I think the broad strokes, Lance, that um, consumers are looking for more information, that they uh, are seeking the uh, types of details that uh, often they would get when they visit the showroom and they're seeing those now in merchandising holds true across new and used. Uh, to your comment, right, there are differences between new and used vehicles. Obviously, things like vehicle condition reports and reconditioning, things that signal um, the, the state of the vehicle, uh, those are facts and known with a new vehicle. And so you don't have to uh, focus on those quite as often or as frequently as, uh, as you do with a new vehicle. However, I think with new vehicles, you have uh, a lot of emphasis on financing and how do you create transparency in that uh, regard. You also have an emphasis on uh, often newer, less, uh, less known features, right? The newest technology is on the new vehicles. And if you haven't experienced that in a, a vehicle recently, uh, then you probably need a little bit more detail in order to uh, understand uh, the value that's going to bring to you as a shopper. Okay. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Now, when I went through the ebook, uh, Nathan, prior to this podcast, I was struck by the fact that there wasn't much, if anything, that talked about the descriptions, you know, which I know, and I may be a little bit dated here, but I know that there was a time when when dealers would sweat those, you know, making sure that they had them, you know, crystal clear and perfect and compelling, sometimes even funny. And, and I guess um, what... Why was it not in there, and and what 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 do we know about proper descriptions in today's day and age? Well, Lance, uh, interesting observation, and descriptions still play a role and an important role in providing a comp comprehensive set of uh, details about the vehicle. But if I go back to some of the conversation we we're having earlier in this uh, podcast and talking about how the experiences that a shopper has in other industries and other um, other e-commerce sites shapes their expectations. And you think about how um, descriptions or comments are used uh, in those channels. Think about an Amazon product page. It's really as a secondary way to provide uh, more detailed information um, above and beyond the, uh, the key highlights. And I think the same holds true here um, when, we, when we speak with consumers and why it didn't bubble up to the surface in the, uh, 
in this piece of research is consumers are looking for and have a different set of expectations on how to discover and find the most valuable information. And then that description can become a, uh, an ancillary part that adds a, a incremental context or detail around, uh, around those overarching value propositions or pieces of information the consumer is seeking. Okay. Now, if, I, if we were to say, okay, we've got the ebook, it has some, some solid insights for dealers. For our conversation today, Nathan, perhaps could you distill what maybe some of the primary takeaways might be that dealers can do today, you know, as it relates to improving their merchandising? Sure. I, I mean, I think I would uh, sum it up this way, Lance. Um, you know, merchandising really is now how shoppers experience the vehicle. And so I would encourage dealers to think about how do they tell the story of their vehicle when a consumer walks into their showroom and translate that to merchandising. Because that is that's the place where consumers are coming today, first and foremost, and sometimes never actually leaving. And so they should start to think about that photo carousel, that media carousel, not as the end game of just having it, checking the box, but as an opportunity for them to do a couple of things. One, provide the most crucial information that highlights the value of the car. Help that shopper understand why they should pay what you're asking for. What are those features? What are those elements that really drive home the value of that vehicle and make it different from the next one? Second would be prove to shoppers, back to the 360 degree spins, that they're gonna get an open, transparent process. And there's gonna be zero surprises. The last thing you want as a dealer or the consumer wants is to get to the end game and then be surprised and have to start all over again. And then the third thing I'd encourage dealers is to think about how you begin to build trust between the dealership and the shopper. Reinforcing for that consumer, for that shopper, why they're going to be treated fairly both during and after the process. And I think as dealers begin to think about how they accomplish those things in person, they can translate to those to how they do it in the merchandising world, which is really important because one in two car buyers only visit one dealership plants. And so if you don't get that merchandising right, you may not get a second chance to, uh, to make an impression on that consumer because they may make a decision before they ever show up at your showroom your car loses because it didn't look quite right for some reason, even if it's a great car. Wonderful. Nathan, thank you for taking time to share your perspectives on merchandising and the ebook with us today. Very appreciative. Thanks again for having me, Lance, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too, Nathan. And for all of you listening in, thank you for joining the podcast. If you're interested in your own copy of the ebook, you can get it through the link in the description below. Until next time, stay well.